Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Shire Salvos podcast. This is Jack Clifton here with you to, I guess, guide you through everything that's happening in the life of the church. We've got the message from uh, yesterday's service, uh, the Sunday, the 20th of February, and also a bit of news to tell you about with things that are happening in the life of the church. Hope you're doing well wherever you're listening to this, and hopefully you can be encouraged uh, by the message and uh, hopefully uh, a bit of information that uh, you might be able to use to uh, be engaged with our, our church community as well. So let's not uh, waste any more time. Let's uh, get into what making news, I guess, around our Miranda and Menai locations. So plenty of stuff happening at church at the moment. Uh, don't forget, obviously, each Sunday we have our church service um, and we'll be continuing our Life in the Spirit series. So week four coming up next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at our Menai location. Um, yeah, so a great opportunity to um, yeah be around uh, other other Christians and um, yeah be around uh, people that we can encourage, but also be encouraged by the Word and by this uh, sermon series as well. So I hope you've been enjoying it uh, so far. So make sure that you're um, yeah preparing yourself up for that um, as well. Uh, as well as we move through the weeks. Some of the other things happening around the life of the church, we have our upcoming church picnic on the 6th of March, so only a couple of weeks away. That's happening down at the wonderful Prince Edward Park, uh, Warrenora, right on the Warrenora River. Um, and so you'll need to bring your own lunch, and it starts from 12 p.m., a really great opportunity to yeah, be hanging out and chatting with other people from our, our church community, um, and just a great way to relax on a Sunday afternoon as well. Hopefully we have some uh, some nice weather and we don't have uh, thunderstorms or, uh, or rain or, or whatever, but um, we'll, we'll see a little bit closer to, uh, uh, to that date, what it's going to be like, but it is always a really good time. Myself and Claire were out there for the last one at Oak Park at Cronulla, and is a great opportunity to chat with people and uh, just relax uh, a little bit as well. We also have the Life in the Spirit uh, sermon uh, that's going to be run by uh, a guest, Anne-Marie Gattenby. So that's happening um, on Saturday, the 19th of March, so uh, roughly a month away. It's a full-day um, uh, event happening at, uh, at our Menno location up there at 11 Pilliga Place at Bangor. So it's it's $10 and includes lunch. It runs from 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, so if, if you're interested in that, you can RSVP by contacting Lynn McComb. And her, her uh, contact details are lynn.mccomb at salvationarmy.org.au. Or you can call uh, the church office as well and, and chat to Lynn or chat to, to Mark, Kim or Joel. And they'll be able to give you a bit more information and direct you in the uh, the correct direction uh, for that. But that's happening on Saturday, the, the 19th of March. So a, a great opportunity to, to really kind of, I guess, throw ourselves into this Life in the Spirit series. And I think that uh, that. That talk and, and, and that whole day with Anne-Marie um, Gattenby will be a, a really good thing um, as well. A few uh, little bits of other news uh, or certainly of assistance and help that's needed around the area. Um, scripture teachers are currently uh, needed um, at Bangor Kindergarten on Tuesday. Also, um, Kindy at Illawong, um, Years 1 and 2 at Alfords Point, and Kindy at Lucas Heights and uh, and Menai uh, with uh, also uh, Years 3 to 6 included there. So if you're interested in that, please contact um, either Bet Kundasami or Kim Briggs. Um, training can be provided. Um, and so if that's something interesting um, that you want to do or something you're interested in, and you might have those skills, uh, whether it's yeah, um, you've been a script, scripture teacher before or you've uh, run youth group before or um, yeah, you might have uh, formerly been a teacher or whatever, uh, that would be really, really helpful because yeah, scripture is so important to 
um, yeah, uh, informing kids about, um, uh, I guess, uh, why, why we believe what we believe. And, and for, for a lot of kids, it's the only, I guess, um, information they get um, about the church and, and about Christ and about the life of Jesus and, and those kinds of things. So it, it is it is very, very important as well. There's also an SAES, a volunteer training opportunity. If you're um, interested in joining the uh, Salvation Army Emergency Services volunteer team, then there's a, a training opportunity for you. If you want more information about that, you can call uh, the church office. And also don't forget um, that uh, the website and Facebook of Shire Salvers has all of the latest information of stuff that's happening around the church. So you can get it directly from the website, which is shiresalvers.org.au, or you can head uh, to Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash shiresalvers, and you'll be getting uh, all the information that we've just spoken about, as well as uh, all the other uh, breaking uh, news, I guess. Um, for lack of a better term, and other things happening around the life of the church. So that wraps up all of our latest uh, news here, what's happening at our Menai and Miranda locations with Shire Salvos. Um, After the break, we're going to be jumping in and hearing the sermon from what happened on Sunday. So I just want to share a couple of real-life stories with you this morning. There was a couple with a young child. And despite their best efforts, their son was just not responding in the way the textbook said he was supposed to with all their amazing parenting that they were doing. And the mum, frankly, was exhausted and she just felt like she was a failure as a mum. She couldn't get her son to do all the things he was supposed to do. But God, in his incredible kindness, met her where she was at. Around about that time when she just felt like she, she wasn't even sure how to continue, they moved into a new town. And it just so happened that in that year, and in the particular postcode that they lived in in that town, there was a pilot program that was being run that gave them access to a whole host of free medical resources that turned their child's life around. Didn't fix all their problems, but it gave them the tools that they needed to help their son. But even more importantly than that, as that young mum sought God, he continued to work on her. And and as he had been doing for many years, he grew and developed her character to help her to become the mum that she needed to be to support her son. Here's another story. A woman found herself making a mid-career change. She felt completely out of her depth. She was worried about whether her family would survive financially and if she was going to have the skills to be successful in her new career. But you see, God had seen the change coming and he had it covered. He placed her in a supportive team, in an organisation that was a great fit for her. And it was a lot of work, but God used those circumstances to help build her confidence and to help her make that transition successful. And right throughout that change for her, God continued to build her confidence and to teach her that he could be trusted whatever was happening, that her future and the future of her family was secure in him, come what may. There was a young girl who thought she was so unimportant that she thought of herself as the invisible girl. That was the name she gave herself. She was scared of getting things wrong and consequently she was scared to give anything a go in case she looked stupid to the point where she couldn't eat in front of other people because she was scared of 
you know, getting something stuck in her teeth. She didn't know what to do. She thought she had to be perfect to be accepted. So God took her on a journey to understand that her value came from him, not from the world and not from her own abilities. He exposed her to teaching about her value. He surrounded her with other women who spoke into her life and he gave her the opportunities to stretch and to grow so that she began to operate as someone who understood her value and she was able to place value on others. She learned how to fail successfully and that it was okay not to be perfect. Another story. A middle-aged woman finds herself in a job where people don't understand her and in fact actively work against her. That experience pushes her towards God. She knew she would not be able to survive that experience on her own resources. So in desperation, she drew ever closer to God. She would search his word daily for inspiration. She was driven to prayer because she knew she needed God. And that, that experience continued to be highly challenging for her. It didn't get any better. But her relationship with God, that time they spent together, that was formative for her. She learnt to hear from God. She learnt to stick close with God, even when it was tough. And to live with character that was beyond the circumstances she found herself in. At a time when finances were incredibly tight, a family had to make choices about what they could and could not do as a family. Could they stretch to music lessons for their kids? What was more important to spend their money on? What would they really need to say no to so that they could keep food on the table? Through that challenge, God taught the family how to be content with what they had and to live a life of gratitude to not resent the things that couldn't be, but instead to focus on what they did have and to be grateful for the many blessings that God showered on them. That experience caused them to become really close as a family. They learned to rely on each other, to find joy in each other and to do things together. Do you know, all of those experiences were my life experiences at various times across my life. And each of you, if you were up here, would all have your own stories to tell of the challenges that you faced. And if you've been journeying with God for any period of time, you would also have the stories of how God has stuck close with you, has met your need, has caused you to stretch and to grow and to become more like him. Sometimes in our challenges, God responds with compassion and rescue. Other times... He allows us to sit in those challenges and to use it to stretch and to grow our faith. And still other times, he just blesses us with complete abundance. Genesis 16 tells the story of a woman named Hagar. And in many ways, her story is the story of a bunch of less than ideal circumstances that have happened to her. She was not a woman, you know, she lived at a time in history where she wasn't in control of her life and of the things that happened to her. Stuff just happened to her. And uh, I'm not going to share all the details of her story this morning, but 
basically she found herself carrying the illegitimate child of Abraham, who was trying to bring about God's promise to him that he would be the father of many nations. Wasn't really happening for him. It took years and years and he kind of thought, oh, well, I'm going to have to do this myself. So instead of waiting on God, he went ahead and, you know, started trying to work it out for himself, which, you know, we've all done that, right? So Hagar became pregnant and it opened up a whole series of events that had a huge impact over the whole world and throughout history, but also a huge impact in her life. So Hagar finds herself on the wrong side of God's plan, despised by Abraham's wife, and she was the victim of somebody else's choices. And in the middle of that, she had this experience with God. And that experience led her to give God a new name. Genesis 16:13 says that Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. You are the God who sees me. Despite her circumstances and all this stuff that was happening to her, and not that she wasn't making her own choices in the midst of that as well, but it really wasn't, you know, she didn't have control over that. Despite those circumstances, God saw her and was for her. And, you know, that verse has stuck with me. I remember discovering that verse at a time where I was really struggling. And, um, you know, all the times where I felt invisible, where perhaps I haven't been recognised or I find myself sitting in difficult circumstances and where I'm tempted to think that I'm alone, I'm reminded that God sees me and that he still has a plan for me right there in the middle of my circumstances. God is the God who sees me and he's the God who sees you. Wherever you're sitting, whatever is happening, and God will meet us where we are at. He knows what we need. He knows what will break us and he knows what will grow us. And he's committed to us for the long term. You know, throughout the, <clears throat> excuse me, the triumphs and the traumas of life, he sees us. He meets us there and he journeys with us if we will let him. So alongside all of those things that have challenged me, and you know, I'm getting older, I've got a lot of stories. I could keep you here for hours this morning telling you all the tragedies and the triumphs. And Ben said to me this morning when we got in the car, how long will you be preaching for this morning, mum? <laughs> so I can't tell you all my stories. But um, alongside all of those things that have challenged me, I'm also aware that I have an enormously privileged life. As a woman, I have access to education, equality, and opportunities that were unknown to women of generations past. It may not be perfect now, but oh my goodness, look how far we've come. As an Australian, I have freedoms and a lifestyle that is still unknown to many people throughout the world. I have hot and cold running water in my house. That's pretty reliable. The majority of houses in the world do not have that privilege. On top of that, I have private transport. I own a car. Now, I don't see it very often because Josh seems to think it's his. <laughs> and uh, I have to ask once a week, could I please have my car back? But I have the privilege of car ownership. I have air conditioning. Again, my children will tell you that, we, that we're not allowed to have it on because it's too expensive. But um, just this week, I found myself sitting at work and I get full sun on my office window. I sit in this little tiny office at home for two years now and it just was too hot. And in the end, I went, you know what? 
I'm turning on the air conditioning today. And I was the only one at home and it felt like such a waste. But, but I sat in my office so proud because I could concentrate because I wasn't hot. I live in a world of enormous privilege to have that. I have the opportunity for a career. For generations, men and women have worked in jobs that are repetitive, poorly paid and dangerous. And those kinds of jobs still exist. But I have the privilege of a career where I can use my mind, where my days are long and challenging, but also fulfilling. That's a privilege that I live. Compared to much of history, I live in a very privileged position. But for all of that privilege, none of those things fills my greatest need, which is to know my creator intimately and to live out the purpose of my life that God has chosen for me. Nothing else fills that need in me. Nothing else brings my life purpose. For all the privileges I have, nothing else matters but my relationship with my Creator. Do you know, anything is possible. You can endure through any challenge. You can live through any triumph. If I'm connected to God and I understand my value in Him and I live out my purpose, I can get through anything. And the only way to know God and to hear from Him and to live out your relationship with Him is to invest in your relationship with him, right? That's not rocket science. You could all tell me that. There's no other way to get close to God except to spend time with him. Do you know, it was, um, it was Valentine's Day this last week, right? <laughs> if you didn't notice that. <laughs> um, how many of you would have been thrilled to hear from your spouse or even a friend to say, I don't actually feel like spending time with you, but I know I have to to keep you happy, so let's go spend some time together. <laughs> I'm guessing none of you would be thrilled to hear that, right? Whether it's um, a spouse or a family relationship, whether it's a friendship, nobody wants to hear, I don't want to, but sure, let's go hang out together. The value is of, of spending time together is in the wanting to, right? That's what makes it worth doing, is that someone would actually want to spend time with you. There's a tip for you all, just in case you weren't sure. But actually, having said that, there, there is, you know, having time together because you have to can still actually be a positive thing. And particularly in families where we know it's important to develop habits of togetherness, to make the effort even when you don't feel like it. But it only has value if it's driven by a genuine desire to be in relationship. I might not feel like it in this moment, but I know that doing that is an investment in our relationship in the future. And I do actually want that. So the Christian journey is about a relationship with Jesus. And like any relationship, the only way to keep that relationship with Jesus alive and growing is to spend time with him. Not because we have to, but because we actually want to. So we prioritize time together. It is great on the days when you can say, God, I am desperate to spend time with you today. But it's also okay to develop habits of being with Jesus that go beyond how you feel and speak of your intention to really be in relationship with him. And just like all those stories from my life, we know that Jesus will meet you where you are at, 
But he can only do that if you're meeting with him. Do you get that? He can't meet you where you're at if you're not meeting with him. Whether it's by great desire or by habit, it's all about being intentional, spending time in prayer, reading your Bible, and about having time with Jesus. We become like the people we hang out with, don't we? I've noticed, I now work for an agricultural bank and I work with farmers all day, right? So I'm speaking to people from out, you know, out in the boondocks regularly. That's where I spend my time. And suddenly I find that I'm talking like this all, all the time now. It's just, I just, I'm like, oh my goodness. I've tried really hard not to pick up their swearing because there's a lot of that too. That's a challenge. <clears throat> but it's just how they speak. And, you know, I grew up in the boondocks, right? I grew up in Darwin. So it doesn't, doesn't take much to take me back to that kind of thing. We become like what we hang out with. So if we want to know Jesus and to become like him, there's actually just no substitute other than to spend time with him. That's how it goes. The good news is that you have loads of choices about how you're going to do that. You can choose when you talk, where you talk, whether you're listening to your Bible on audio, whether you're reading a physical Bible, whether you find a quiet spot on the beach, if you're listening to worship music, it's your relationship with Jesus. Do whatever you like. You've got loads of choices about what works for you. But just make sure that you do it regularly. Because if you do that, God will meet you where you are at. He has places he wants to take you and things that he wants you to do. But he will always first and foremost meet you where you are at. He'll meet your deepest need for connection with him. And I think, Mark, you said last week that if you have a consistent prayer life, that is, if you're spending time with God, you are in a great position to respond well to the challenges of life. You will get both sides of the coin, the triumphs and the challenges. If you're spending time with God, you're in a great position to respond well to the challenges. But your relationship with Jesus is not just about you. He meant, he meant to benefit other people by his relationship with you. Probably didn't say that very well. But he means for your relationship with him to benefit others. You know, when my boys were little, and not to talk about my boys all day, the rule in my house is I have to take them out for lunch if I'm, if I'm speaking about them when I preach. So, so they're sitting there going cha-ching, cha-ching dollars in front of their eyes. They're like, chat on, mum. When my boys were little, they used to watch this cartoon series and it actually took us two weeks. We remembered what it was called on the way to church this morning. Two weeks I've been saying to them, what was that thing? It was called, it was a cartoon series called The Adventures of a Group of Young Cards. It was called Auto Be Good. Parents, if you want your, just, just some good moral teaching and the kids loved it, Auto Be Good. In one episode, the young boy character was play acting about being a superhero. My husband tells me superhero, these are options for men, right? They're not hope, things you would hope for. These are options for men. What do you want to become when you grow up? So for this little boy, he was play acting at being a superhero, or this little car, and he called himself Kotu, C-O-T-U, Kotu. And they said to him, what does that mean? And he said, center of the universe. That became a standard line in our family where, you know, boys, I think you're being a bit kotu here. You know, it's not all about you. Listen, kotu. I've said that many times in my family. Listen, kotu. I'm sure they've said it to me a few times as well. Contrary to what the world keeps telling us, everything is not about you or me. 
God will meet you where you are at and he will meet your need for connection with him because he wants that too. But God also calls me out of myself to meet the needs of others. God's purpose in the world is so much bigger than me. He calls me out of myself, beyond myself, to meet the needs of other people. Get this, God wants to be in relationship with everyone in the whole world. I have trouble keeping up with the relationships I have, but God wants to be in relationship with the whole world. And he has a part for each of us to play. And I'm not necessarily talking about being part of a church program or an evangelistic strategy. All that's helpful stuff and we should do that. But here's God's real plan. Be in relationship with him, listen to him, and do what he says. It is that simple. Be in relationship with God, listen to him, and do what he says. Live expecting that Jesus will meet your need and that he will use you to meet the needs of others. It might be their physical needs, their emotional needs, their spiritual needs. One of the last things Jesus said to us when he was on earth was, go and make disciples of all nations. You don't need to know everything. You just need to be in tune with God and he will show you. How will you know if it's God? Well, you know God's end game, right? The salvation of the world. So as long as it's something that has a good chance of contributing to that plan, it's probably God. So stick close and look for the opportunities that he brings your way to share kindness, to take an interest, to make a difference, to share your faith. Here's a couple of thoughts that might help. Isaiah 56, 8 and 9. This is God. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God doesn't see things the way we do. Thank goodness for that. He knows more. He understands more. And he has bigger plans than we do. And sometimes he leads us to do things that just don't seem to make much sense in our limited understanding of what's going on. But he knows more than we do. So trust him when he asks you to do something. God loves people and he knows what they need. So if you are actively listening to him, why wouldn't he tell you what he wants you to do? Of course he's going to do that. So live expecting to hear from God. How will you know if it's God? Just do it. If it lines up with God's master plan, what's the risk? How bad could it be? How badly wrong could it go? Use your gifts. If it's encouragement, then encourage. If it's acts of service, then serve other people. If it's wisdom, then live with wisdom. If you're good at cooking, invite someone around for a meal and have a real conversation with them. I think Jacob said the other week um, that one of the gifts he can give to people is just to listen. That doesn't happen a lot. What a powerful gift that we would give the gift of listening. If you live for the benefit of others, God will use you. And if you live in relationship with Jesus, you are much more likely to be on the money what it is, when you're deciding what you're going to do for other people. A couple of years ago, I found myself in a place where people around me were really just looking out for themselves. People were angling to be recognised, to be acknowledged, to be rewarded, to be put in specific roles. And I just knew I did not want to get sucked into that kind of thinking. 
So I wrote myself a little sticky note that simply said this. This is my sticky note. It says, the goal is God. This is it up here. Right, so nothing fancy. I'm not amazing. I don't even write neatly. But that was... <laughs> But that was a powerful thing for me to have that. And actually what I did was I put it as the, um, the, the screensaver thing on my phone. Because, you know, I look at my phone a lot in the course of a day. So every time I pick up my phone, I've got this little sticky note on the front that just says, the goal is God. And it just reminds me, whatever else is happening in my life, whatever's being said, whatever I'm recognised for, whatever I'm being ignored for, all of that adds up to the, the reason I'm here is to be more like God. The goal is God. So it doesn't matter if I miss out on all that other stuff. The goal is God in this situation. So I had it up on my computer screen. I had it on my phone. Um, and, and it just was such a, a simple reminder, right? It's not, it's not amazing. It just was a reminder to me that it doesn't matter if nobody else notices what I do. It doesn't matter if people aren't grateful. It doesn't matter if someone else gets the credit or gets the reward. What matters is that I am focused on God. Maybe that's not the most profound thing in the world. Maybe it's not the, you know, the deepest exegesis of a passage of scripture or of life in the spirit, which is what we're supposed to be talking about today. But for me, at least, it was a powerful reminder about what I really wanted in my life and what it took to stay on track with God. So I want to ask you this morning, what circumstances do you find yourself in? Where do you find yourself today? What circumstances are you sitting in, whether they're of your making or of somebody else's? Whatever that circumstance is, the goal is God. Let your circumstances, good and bad, push you into closer relationship with Jesus because that's where you'll find the answers. Thank you. The band's going to come and play and I thought this morning what might be helpful is to give each of you the opportunity to create your own sticky note. So what I've got down the front here is just a bunch of sticky notes and there's like 400 of them so you don't have to limit yourself to one. But what I, what I want to invite you to do is to come and first of all just grab a texture and write your own The Goal Is God sticky note just you know however you want to do that pretty or ugly doesn't matter just write the goal is God and take that as a reminder but if there's something else that God has challenged you about that you want to have as a reminder do another sticky note of that too and take that with you so you know we're trying to be a little bit COVID safe so we've got some wet wipes out if you want to wipe it before you use it if you've used it you can put it in the jar just you know trying to be a bit sensible but don't let that distract you from what we're trying to do here which is to remind ourselves that the goal is God. So as the band plays, I just invite you to come out. There's room for, you know, two or three people on each side. Just take your time, write your sticky note, and then think about where am I going to put this? Am I going to take a photo, put it on my phone? Am I going to stick it on the toilet wall at home? Where am I going to put it that I'm going to see it all the time? Over to you. Come. The goal is God. 
So really hope that you enjoyed uh, that sermon uh, as our Life in the Spirit series continues. And we'll have a, uh, another sermon, another edition of that um, coming up uh, next Sunday. So if, uh, if you can't make church, uh, remember to tune into the Shire Salvos podcast, a great way to be informed of what's happening around the life of the church and, and be encouraged by uh, the Word of God as well. But I hope you're doing well wherever you're listening. And uh, yeah, God bless. Stay safe. We'll see you for another edition and speak to you for another edition of the Shire Salvos podcast next week.